This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Amen. So thankful that you're here tonight. Um, Tonight is another study that... um, um, it's still growing in me. Is that all right? It's, it's a, it, how many's ever uh, taught something that you don't really know everything there is to know about it, but you taught it anyway because God um, shared it with you? And um, I've told several people, and I think I've said it from the platform, the best way for, for me when I grow is when I teach. Um, and uh, so when you teach and you share something with somebody, it will help you grow, even though you may not know it all. Do we have any know-it-alls in here? Would you raise your hand if you're a know-it-all? My mother-in-law is a know-it-all. She just raised her hand. Amen. Before God and witnesses, she raised her hand. We'll have prayer for her after service, and we'll show her that she doesn't know it all. As a son-in-law, I will show her she does not know it all. No. Well, bless the Lord. Um. And I want to challenge that um, challenge us tonight that God always works uh, works in wonderful ways. I was went up to the hospital. Larry, excuse me, Larry Terry, Delora asked um, me to go up and pray, and I was I prayed before I went into the room. Pray God help me to pray with faith. Help me to increase my faith or whatever going on in that room that. Um, you know, whatever things in his mind and his body and his soul that I would, I would pray effectively um, through the help of the Lord and, and as God to increase my faith. And I was in there with him for about 10 minutes and I felt like my time was about, about done and I, you don't want to stay too long when somebody's uncomfortable. And, and I told him, well, we'll pray for you here in just a second. In comes his pastor from uh, Grace Point. Is it Nazarene Church? Is it Nazarene Church? And his name is Tim. So we hit it off right off the bat. And uh, we were wearing the same things. We wore gloves, mask, and a gown. So we looked the same, looked apart. And um, so we went there and prayed. And I, I asked Tim, I said, will you join me in prayer and pray? And I've never heard him pray, but, and I, he's never heard me pray. But I, I begin to pray with authority in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden I hear him saying, amen. Amen. And then his faith was increased, and he began to pray. And um, uh, nobody should out, I shouldn't say, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but nobody should outshine a, a Holy Ghost-filled believer in prayer. It's not a competition, right? But we have a measure of faith that goes beyond anything that I think that uh, we have the gift of the Holy Ghost. So there's something in that. And we, we began to talk afterwards, and, and uh, what a... Uh, great man he was and just uh, talking to him but you never know when your faith is tested amen and uh, we need to pray um, for Terry Delora he is um, is in is in great need of a of a of a, of a touch in his body but uh, we begin to talk about what was going on in his body and I said so I said so what, what where's your mind at with the Lord where's you are you, you talking to the Lord where are you at in that and that realm, other than just your, your body, you're talking to the Lord about your physical issues, but um, are you, what's, what's your spirit like? So we've been talking about his encouraging him, even in the midst of 
hardship to still worship the Lord. Amen. I thank God for uh, life and, and the things that he does have. And so I pray that he was, he was encouraged after, after, we, after we, I left and after his pastor left. And I begin to, um, I think the Lord kind of directed me in a, in a way of study tonight. And um, this is still developing, so by the end of this, I'll have a, maybe a title and a text and things of that nature. So we're going to discover the Word of God together tonight. I think that's a, it's an incredible way to... So let's go to the book of Luke. We'll start there. I'm a little nervous tonight because it's one of those lessons that you don't feel fully prepared. Mike, you've been there. You've, you, you're, you have stuff, but you're not sure how it's going to go. So I'll probably just talk a little bit in between points so I can, you know... I don't know. We'll, we'll see uh, with the help of the Lord here tonight. Luke, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the book of John. I was in John. Let's go to the book of Luke. Um, all right, Luke chapter number 2. Luke 2. That's 3. Let's go back to 2. Now, it's um, we're going to look at Luke chapter number 2, and this is the birth of Christ. Um, what's happening here. So I need some helpers to, to read. Uh, do I have any helpers here tonight that would be happy to read for me? One through four. Somebody can read real loud. Sister Ruth, why don't you read real loud? One through four for me. And five through seven. Anybody else? Go nice and loud. All right. Isn't that a beautiful story? It is a, such a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, let's go to the book of Matthew. Um, Matthew chapter number, uh, chapter number one, maybe I'm reading these out of order here, uh, Matthew chapter number one, I'll read verse number 18, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, and everybody say, Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, if we look in, um, if you can put your finger back at Luke chapter number two, um, we, we understand the story of um, Mary and, and Joseph were going to a uh, place because there was tax season, right? And they had to pay taxes. How many love tax season? It's coming up. Hey, Amen. Excited about tax season. And um, so they were going back to uh, the place of your, your birth or your origin of your family so you could go back and pay, pay taxes. And um, everybody was being taxed, and, and Mary and Joseph could not find a place to lay their head, right? Um, and they went to the inn, and the inn said what? There's no room. And I just had a revelation. What an awesome Sometimes we feel like, oh, they couldn't sleep in an inn. And I grew up, 
I guess thinking that part, sad part, I would feel sad at that part of the story, right? Jesus had no place to lay his head until I understand what the ends were back in the day. Until I really understood what a hotel was. Um, there's a lady by the name of Rahab in Joshua 2. Go there with me. Joshua chapter number 2. I'm going to show you something. Now, um, Rahab was in what city? Jericho. And she lived on top of the wall. Right? Um, Joshua, Judges, and then Ruth. Sorry, Ruth. You're third in my story here. Joshua, Judges, then Ruth. This is interesting. Uh, it's Joshua chapter number two. Um, let's see here. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly going, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. You know what that was? She ran a hotel. Rahab, if you look at it, she was an innkeeper. She was an innkeeper. Now, there were some, and I did a little bit of study on this, which I didn't do an exhaustive study, but you look in the life of Rahab, that she, um, it was a place that was not a, a great place to go, but she ran the show there. She herself may have been a prostitute. Uh, many in Scripture say she was a harlot or a Canaanite, uh, a harlot Canaanite. Um, but she was also the great-great-grandmother of King David. Many of you may not know that. Maybe you do. Um, so the Lord, God provided a place for these two men to go to a place of an, in an inn where Rahab was. Um, that, uh, that place had a reputation, but she took them in. Uh, and if you read a little bit of history and account, because Rahab understood really who they were, and God had spoken to her, and God gave her uh, the spirit, if you will, of brotherly love to protect them and put them in a place that they would be protected um, so that they wouldn't be ratted out, if you will. Um, in verse number uh, 2, Joshua 2, and it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came two men, and hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the women uh, and the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came me unto me, uh, men unto me, but I was not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out, whither the men went, I what not. Pursue them uh, quickly, for ye shall overtake them. So the, the, the understanding of the story of Rahab um, was that uh, this was a place that you really shouldn't frequent. Hotels and inns were not, they're not like the, uh, the Holiday Inn right down the road. It's so many times we look at scripture and we parallel to today. We got to be very careful and we parallel that because I would sense that, say, Lord, um, Jesus couldn't even get a hotel room. 
Jesus couldn't even get a place to sleep his head at night in an inn. But in those days, those inns were not attractive places to be. Um, in fact, uh, in Jewish custom, and, and, in, and, I'll, and I'll, hopefully I'll bear this out in Scripture here a little bit, that the innkeepers had a very low reputation. You're better off be a tax collector than an innkeeper. And an innkeeper was somebody that did not have a good reputation at all. And I thought about that for a moment, and God saw fit to make sure Jesus did not go and have a place to stay in an inn. Because the Bible says he was without reputation. And I wonder if he went to an inn, his mom and dad would have had a bad reputation. I'm just throwing it out there, putting scriptures together. So when I, and my initial thought was, I'm going to talk about the innkeeper and how he's, you know, the, the inviting in the presence of the Lord. I wish I could find a place, and I don't have a place to stay. In reality, it was the protection of the Lord that was upon Mary and Joseph to make sure they did not make them make a place in the inn. And the innkeepers were a place of many dark corner rooms that were were done for what was meant for a lot of things such as Rahab um, traveling men went to hotels people that were travelers and workers and caravans would try to find a place to stay at a hotel but in Jewish custom let's go to Hebrews 13 in Jewish custom there was a different commandment when it comes to Loving one another. It's, uh, I think the hardest part is to understand that Jesus, it's not a sad story that he didn't have a place to stay at a hotel. In fact, it says that in, in, in history that, that Jesus um, was put in a manger and some would say, and many would say, historians say, it was a cave, more of a cave than anything else. And the cave had a name, and forgive me, I, I may have it here in my notes, but the, the Greek name was, uh, the, the name of the, of the cave or the, the, the place was unloosed or unleashed was a, a Greek term for it, which meant a place where you let loose the animals. Okay? So, um, and, in, and in, in that custom, when people would come to a town or come to a place, um, it was, they would just sleep wherever they could. They would go to somebody's backyard and say, hey, we have a place. You can lay your, yeah, your bed out here, and you can just have that place. And you, or you would find a place in somebody else's side yard or in a, uh, in a field somewhere and say, yeah, you can pay to sleep on my property. It's almost like a big camp and RV show, you know. Everybody just find a place to, place to park and, 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 and put a tent up and, and, uh, and, and have at it. But let's go to uh, Hebrews. Um, here we go, Hebrews chapter number 13. Um, the Bible says, let what? Uh, put up, yeah, Hebrews 13, what? let brotherly love continue. Now, this is very interesting because, now, I, I did never put these scriptures together, but just by studying, I was walking around the house today and think, Lord, how does this play in with, with, the, with the innkeeper and all this stuff? And, you know, Jesus didn't have a place to lay his, lay his head at night. But Jewish custom was, was it played out in three different ways. Or 
more than this, but there's three things in Hebrews 13 that, that says how brotherly love should be. And, um, and this is where I believe Jesus was saved, if you will. Jesus doesn't need saved, but Mary and Joseph uh, found a way uh, to, to run incognito away from Herod for a while. Because I think if you were in an inn, you had to sign your name. You had to have a place to put. And you, you had a room assignment. But since they were in a place of, of uh, perhaps a, an unloosed place for animals, uh, they didn't have to sign a document. They just were able to stay and pay for a, a small, small fee. But it says, let brotherly love continue. Number one thing that how brotherly love continues is be not forgetful to entertain strangers. You know, when you walk into a, a place in, in a Jewish home or it, it was you walked to that home and they would say, peace be unto you. And they would say, and peace be unto you. And they would invite you into their home and treat you like family. Okay, it was that, there was that family feel. There was that, that my house, even if you were my enemy and you needed a place to stay, you could have anything in my house. You want the Doritos, you can have the last bag of Doritos. You know, if you, if you want to eat all the dip, then you can have all, all the dip, you know. Um, you, you would do the best for the person that would come. Peace be unto you. And so in my home, there was nothing but peace. It's, 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 you're here, and we're, we're brother, brother, he said, forget, uh, be not forgetful to enter, uh, to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. He says, when you go to, there's no reason to go to a hotel or go to an inn because you find a brother and sister, and they should welcome you with open arms. You can stay with them. Um, you'd have a water pot next to the door where they would wash your feet. You'd have a meal prepared. You'd have a time together, a time of perhaps reflection, a time of uh, talking about your journey and what brought you here. And, and the Bible says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares, because you never know who that person is that come knocking at your door. Many of us, Put our hands up when somebody comes to us in need. Be careful what you put your hand up to because that could be an angel that you don't know about. Angels can appear in many different fashions. So thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So Jesus didn't have his head in an inn, but he had a place to, Mary and Joseph had a place to lay their head and Jesus to be in a manger. Bible goes on to say in Hebrews 13, it says, verse number three, remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Again, this is an answer to to the statement of verse number one, let brotherly love continue. How should it continue? Well, number two, verse number three, number two on the list here, it says, remember them that are in bonds. Well, when you look at Scripture, what is people that are in bonds? What does it mean when somebody's in bonds? Think about spiritually here. Depression, sin, addictions, financial instability. What else? A loss of a loved one. Depression. It says, remember them that are in bonds 
as bound with them. And them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. See, this, this chapter right here, what we're, we're looking at here, um, is a practical, is the practical aspects of obedience to the new covenant or the new, um, new the, the commandments, if you will, in the new covenant. And here, here's something that it said in, the, in, the, uh, in my Bible and that it really struck me um, in this lesson tonight. And I begin to read some of the uh, statements that are made. And it says this, love cannot be separated by behavior. Love cannot be separated, excuse me, from behavior. If you truly love somebody, you behave that way, right? You will behave the way you, way you feel. You will behave. If you don't like somebody, what do you do? Now, all you lovebirds and have been married for all, all these years, and, and you, you, you know, when you're upset at your spouse, you don't walk down the hallway the same time they do, you know. You avoid, you hear them go to the bathroom, okay, it's safe to go upstairs or go to the other room. Um, behavior, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all act like you are got it all worked out. Uh, our behavior shows how much we love or the, what we want to give in love. We may love, but we withhold love. Bible says, remember them that are in bonds. Remember them that are going through something. Remember them that are, that are carrying. And what this is dealing with, the believer that has fallen into sin or into bondage. That's what this is dealing with. It's dealing with the aspect of those that have fallen away. And what happens when people fall away, judgment comes pretty quickly. People will feel shame, people will feel guilt, and then they feel judgment upon them. But what we got to do is we remember people that have fallen by the wayside, and we are to be bound with them and those that have suffered as being yourselves also in the body. In other words, I need to, to, to reach out to them and have compassion towards them and love them back to, into the family. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue now. Um, and the third thing is kind of what I talked about just a moment ago, verse number four. Marriage is honorable in all, everybody say all, in the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. You know, this, this, this scripture here is, is, it hits those three things about brotherly love and having love uh, one for another. And, and this is the aspect in which, the aspect in which that God can move freely within the body of Christ and in the people of, of Christ. If I allow the love of God to continue, everybody say continue. I don't stop it. I don't, I don't keep it for myself. I, I, don't, I have to allow it to grow. I have to allow it to work. I have to allow that love to exhort on my behalf, so to speak. It needs to work itself out. It needs to be um, three things. I need to have hospitality to strangers, um, identification, with imprisoned believers, and faithfulness to one's marriage vows. Those three things, the word translation of brotherly love, uh, comes from philos, which is friend, and relates to being kindly, uh, kindly disposed or devoted. We need to be devoted one to another, right? We need to be devoted one to another. When somebody hurts, the whole body hurts. 
Brother Godby hurts. I hurt. When London has lost her mother, we all hurt, right? What happens is sometimes we feel sorry, but don't feel compassion. Sometimes we say, now how many will do this? Hey, uh, I'll, I'll pray for you. But you really don't have any intention of praying for them. Um, our behavior shows how much we love. Our behavior of inviting in the stranger, inviting in those that are in bonds, and, and, I, and I'm not talking about, uh, I'm talking about inviting them into your spirit, so to speak, and, and have compassion and pray for them and, and go along and suffer with them if necessary. Um, stopping what we're doing and to, to make sure that the spirit of God will move through us. Um, in many situations, um, the Bible teaches us that love never fails, right? Christ's love, our love fails, but Christ's love never fails. His love never fails. Ours fails miserably. It does. It fails miserably at times because how many times that um, we get so busy in life that we put God on the, on the back shelf. And we, we, put, we put the people of the, of the church on the back shelf. We put the people that God has put in our life on the, on the back burner. And we'll put everything else in the forefront. Um, sometimes we will put the people that are closest to us on the back burner. Um, something that I had to be intentional about is after a long day of work, um, I, would, I would come home and I would just shut down. How many are you, people in just shut down after a day of work? You just want to be alone. You don't want to talk to anybody. Like, leave me alone. Give me 30 minutes. And that 30 minutes would turn into an hour. And then you're asleep. And then you're wondering what happened to the evening. And my wife was like, you never talked to me. That was my mode. So I worked 10, 12 hours a day. And I'd come home. And... What I had to do is make sure my, sure my rear end didn't hit the couch. So what I had to do is to get up and start doing things quickly to assist the household, whether it make, help make dinner, or help do this, help do that, to make sure. And then I would, I, I, I confessed this to my wife, and it was probably a bad thing to do. And it was because it started a, a, a heated discussion. And, um, but I told her, and I was being honest, is that sometimes I don't want to talk. She was like, well, that's obvious. And I said, I have to purpose in myself to plan for things to talk about when I'm on my way home. She said, well, that's the dumbest. You have to think about things to talk to me about? <laughs> See how that backfired real quick? She didn't understand. She didn't understand, and, but she, she does now. But I would come to a place where I would purpose in my heart. It's like when I get home, because I want this to be a good home, and I want to be a good husband, and I want to be a good father. That I'm going to engage with my wife in conversations that I really don't care about. Y'all, just be with me here for a second. But I begin to talk about things, and then now I care about those things. That I, I found out some things that it enhances our marriage when I talk to my wife. And I inquire about her day. And 
All I have to say nowadays is, how was your day? And here we go. It's a, it's a roller coaster. But what I have found is I found the times that she talks about her day and talks about those things that I can, I can, I can reach out with compassion. And I can say, I'm sorry you're going through those things. And I can be the, be the person who loves her in the midst of those things. So I can be there to help carry those things with her. I may not understand it all, but I know that if me being there and loving her, she will, she will receive that. And I, I, there are certain things in our, in our marriage and in our lives that, that are honorable. And that's that brotherly love um, that must continue. You know, we, we forget that Marriage is, is not all about um, that emotional lovey-dovey smooches and hugs. It's not, that's a very small portion of any, of any marriage. It's that brotherly love, that kindness of one another and leaning on one another and helping one another. That's what instructions are in Hebrews is to can make sure those things continue. Um, and this is where verse number two, and again, this is a lesson that's, that's it's still forming in me. So let's go back to verse number two of Hebrews 13. And this is the scripture that, that brought out the innkeeper. Um, um, the verse number two, it says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares um, this word entertain uh, it does deal with the the word of hospitality everybody say hospitality I like going to y'all's house because y'all are pretty hospitable I went over to Linda's house and she always got the coffee pot ready bless God and she has a uh, you know a place at the table we can sit and do a bible study um, I've been over some of y'all's house. You got cakes and cookies and stuff. You guys must know what's really tender to my heart. Um, last time I was at Lucinda and Kevin's, we ate almost a whole package of cookies off the counter there. Um, Chips Ahoy, I believe. I don't remember the conversation, but I remember the cookies and the milk. And uh, Kevin and I sat there and, and, and we talked and ate cookies. And I think everywhere I've gone, I ate cookies. Uh, last time I was at the Tara's house, we had a feast out there. And, um, you know, food's always good with company, right? And um, so um, we find that to entertain was to be hospitable, is what this word is, is saying. So, so be not forgetful to be hospitable to strangers or showing hospitality. Um, and this is a virtue that is and should be practiced with us all, uh, to be practiced with each and every one of us, to be hospitable one to another. Um, because uh, if you could go into it, it's okay to and, and have strangers stay in your home because they, you did not want people to go to the inn. If you had people and family coming to town, now, if you're like, this ain't going to be recorded tonight. If I have family coming out of town, let me find you a hotel. <laughs> I know some of y'all are probably more hospitable than me. I don't know, but. You know, we have an extra room, and yeah, we'll, we'll put people up, but, and that's fine. It's great. Um, but I love my privacy. Amen? And if I go to somebody else's place or somebody else's city in town, um, I'll say, you know what? I, they'll ask me, hey, can you just stay at our house? I'm like, you know, I just, you know, I'll get a hotel. I'll find a cheap place to stay. How many are with me would you rather 
Just stay at a, maybe, okay. I'm in the wrong crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. You give me a 30-minute drive to your house on set? No problem. I'll stay at a hotel, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I like having my privacy, you know. I like having time with my family. And, and, but the Bible's teaching us in this custom, in this time, is do not be forgetful to be hospitable. To be hospitable, to be, uh, have hospitality. And it was, a, it, was, it was something of great value. Is because you didn't want your family or your friends or even the strangers that have, somebody had maybe even walked away from God. Some, you didn't want people to have the reputation of going to, ho, going to the hotel or going to the inn because of what that represented. Um, um, so in the first century, it seems likely that the strangers were fellow believers in Christ who were traveling and in need of safe lodgings. So they were people, the strangers, they were fellow believers. They may not know them, but they were fellow believers. Uh, so what it's talking about here, fellow believers to be hospitable to them and, and to greet them in peace. And they would greet you in peace and allow your home to stay. And, and I, I, I think it's very imperative to, uh, maybe it's just, just me, but when it comes to Jesus and when he couldn't find a place to stay in the inn, that was okay. That was okay. That, that, that's not a sad story. That's a, that's a, it's a wonderful story because let's go to Isaiah um, 53. Let's read through verse number, starting verse number one, and we'll read through his series so we can, so we can pick from it. Um, Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. For he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. And he was, dis he was despised and we esteemed him not. Um, verse number four. Surely he hath lifted away or borne our griefs and sicknesses and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I think that... Um, there, there, let me find this scripture. Um, in verse number 2, I believe this scripture in, in, a, in a different sense here. It's talking about, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. Um, there was nothing there to, in a sense, to say that there was no uh, judgment to be had for him. There was nothing great nor small. There was no reputation. There was no, it was almost unassuming. It was, um, uh, there was no form. There was no comeliness. There was no, um, there was no beauty that we should desire him, but the Bible doesn't say that there was no uh, ill against him, that we should not desire him. So I find it very interesting that, that when Jesus was rejected at the hotel or the inn, it was not a place of sadness. It was a place of joy because it protected his reputation, if I can, and it's more so than than Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Um, 
Let's go back to the book of Matthew. Uh, maybe that's where this other scripture that I am looking for. Um, yeah, it, it, chapter number two. Um, this is this is interesting. Um, hope I'm not boring you to death. Hope this is interesting. Uh, for you, it's the word of the Lord. But now, when Jesus, verse number, chapter number two of Matthew, says, "Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of, of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews?' Now, when it, and the wise men come to town, they had to go to the king and to and to, and to announce who they were and what they're here for. And um, you talk about an affront to King Herod." Um, to say, hey, we're looking for the king. He's like, well, hey, what about me? No, we're caring for the king of the Jews. What do you mean talking about the king of the Jews? Um, pretty Got him pretty upset. Saying, where is he, the born king of the Jews? For we see his star in the east and are come to worship him. And Herod's like, I don't have a star. I, I'd like to have a star. Uh, is that star pointing at me? And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of people together, he demanded of him, them where Christ should be born. He was wondering where in the world was he born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou uh, Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, and thou shalt rule my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently that what time the star appeared. He was trying to figure out where he was. And he said, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word to me again uh, that I may come and worship him also. Well, that was deception and deceit right there uh, because he really wanted to come out and kill him. Um, it's interesting, the protection of God upon Mary and Joseph for them not going to an end. They didn't go to a place and establishment that could be named. They didn't go to a place that, yeah, it's the, it's the place with the red sign. It's the place that, uh, um, for the lack of, it's the place that Matthew frequents a lot. That there was no identity marker for a place for Herod to understand exactly where Jesus was to come out. He was in a stable, and some would say, or in a manger, in a, in a rock. It's kind of hard to describe a cave. You know that cave behind, well, what cave? There's a bunch of caves. There's rocks everywhere around here. There was, there was not, it was more difficult to describe perhaps where Jesus was and where Mary and Joseph was. And they were in Bethlehem and they were, they were in this place. Find him if you can. Um, if he would have just read the historic uh, documents of the Old Testament, he would find that he was going to be in a place where animals were. He could have narrowed it down to all the farm animals, animals everywhere. I don't know. When they had heard the king, when, when they had heard the king, um, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was, and they saw the star. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy, and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in the dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way 
there was something beautiful here that happens. God showed the three wise men and the shepherds the way, but he did not show Herod the way. Herod could have followed the wise men. He could have sent men to follow him, but somehow, some way, God blinded his vision, blinded his understanding, blinded everything about him so that he, they could not find where Jesus was. It's a beautiful story that brotherly love was there and, and God opened up a way for Mary and Joseph to find a place, uh, a place that was by the wayside, if you will, is off the beaten path in a cave where they would let loose the animals and allow them to be in a place that was unnamed so that Jesus could be hid from the king, King Herod, I should say. So when we come into a place in our life and we feel like we're rejected and we can't get in where we want to be and things don't work out the way we think they should, it could be God's hand protecting you. It could be God's hand protecting you from something that you're not aware of. And I find it when the, the king and the wise men met Jesus and they laid down all those gifts for him and they were in a place they did not want to be. They were in a place that was, they would rather be somewhere nice in a fancy hotel or a friend's house and there was no place for them to lay their heads because everybody come to Bethlehem and there was really no room anywhere else. So they found this, found this place to lay their head and have Jesus there and, and all these things. But wise men came and, and, and gave them gifts and those gifts were there because they had a journey ahead of them that they were not aware of. You see, God works in mysterious ways and in ways we don't understand because in the place that we don't want to be and we don't want to, we don't have, God sends wise people into our lives to give us either words of wisdom or gives us tools or gives us understanding because we don't know what's coming, but God does. And he makes a way when it really just doesn't seem to be a way. How did they escape King Herod? The Bible says that King Herod killed every child up to two years of age searching for Jesus. You know, the devil can do anything and everything he wants. But he'll still, God will still blind his vision, his eyes, from a child of God. God will only allow him to go so far. God, he will only have so much access, if you will, into our life. We have God's protection upon us. So I don't look at the end as a sad story anymore. I look at the end as a grace, the grace of God and thanking God. We, we have sad stories, and you may have things that you, you're going through, and you don't know how it's going to get, you don't know how it's going to work out. You, you want to have faith in God. You want to believe that God is, is, is in handling it. But let me just encourage somebody today. You may be in a place that you do not really want to be. And you may be in a place that, that, that you, it's, 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 not, it's not becoming. It's, it's not a great place. And sometimes you can be shameful because you're, you're, you're in a place where the animals are unleashed. Maybe there's animals unleashed in your home. And things are a little chaotic. Things don't smell good. Things don't look good. But in reality, God's going to bring some wisdom into your life. And he's going to make a way for an escape from the enemy. So don't 
look at the trouble right now. Look at it as a blessing from God to prepare you for a way of an escape. Hope this makes sense tonight. And how do we help one another escape is that let brotherly love continue. I love my brothers and sisters. And when they're going through tough times, they may be strangers, but I'm going to open up my life to them and pray for them and love them and, and keep them close to the presence of the Lord. So if it's marriage, let brotherly love continue. If it's a burdensome, if you're in bonds or somebody has walked away from the Lord, let brotherly love continue. I was in a meeting on Sunday, and I, I, I said that um, when you have a lost loved one, whether in the home or outside the home, we love them as though they're still part of the family. Amen? And that's hard to do. But when you get the mindset that Jesus forgave you and loved you when you were not where you should be. You think about it, when you were lost and you were, you were undone and you were not where you should be, God still loved you no matter what. That's when our love struggles. I don't want to love him. But I'm thankful the Lord forgave me. And that's why we don't ever want to get over God forgiving us and reaching down to us. Because that same love that he gave it is, I want to demonstrate that same love to somebody else who needs the love of Christ. Let brotherly love continue. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.